Hello, world. You know, my name is Jason Tyler, the person. This is SeaWorld Hollow, and this is the men's show. Mentoring, empowering, and nurturing. Yes, sir. Goddamn. <laughs> it's a new day. <laughs> Welcome to The Men's Show, the show that is motivating, motivating, empowering, and nurturing for all who care to listen. Hosted by two lifelong friends, Jason Tyler the person and the podfather, C. Will Holla. Won't you join us? It's your boy, C. Will Holla, a.k.a. the podfather, a.k.a. the professional conversationalist, a.k.a. the hardest working man in podcasting. And you are now tuning in to The Men's Show, the show that is motivating empowering and nurturing and i'm so glad you joined us and i'm also joined by my illustrious co-host mr jason tyler the person jason how you doing my man i am fantastic wonderful and a whole bunch of acronyms that i don't want to mess up but uh in (laughs) in layman's terms man i'm glad to be in the land of the living amen amen everything else so it's been a while since we yeah, so it's been a while since we caught up, man. I believe the last show was uh, the second or third week of December, man. So we got, we should have, you know, a whole bunch of stuff to catch up on and a whole bunch of topics uh, to just touch on before, you know, we close this particular podcast out, man. But uh, yeah, man, get us up to speed on what's going on in your world. Um, First and foremost, uh, I'm not sure if the listeners are aware, but... Um, I am in an open relationship. Um, what I mean by rela- I, I'm in a relationship with three people: uh, my wife, uh, my girlfriend, and myself. And um, I know there's been a lot of, you know, conflicting information about how that works. But it's a beautiful relationship, honestly. Uh, my wife and my girlfriend get along really well. Um, my wife and I, uh, this December, uh, celebrated. Five years, five years of being in this open uh, relationship, five years of marriage. Um, my girlfriend is, has been here from the beginning um, and it's just, it's been a beautiful relationship. So um, you can close your mouths. I know you're like, what is he talking about open relationship? No, I'm not with a real person, but music is my girlfriend and my wife is my wife. So when we met, I made it clear to her that um, music is my first love, will always be, um, and it has a special place in uh, 
Uh, the beautiful thing about my wife is that she has done nothing but support that. So, um, as the Paul father knows from my earlier days, I didn't even see myself as a person to even get married. Um, as a young man, I went through a, a relationship that was very painful, but I learned a lot from it. Um, it grew me up, but it made me bitter for a long time. And uh, I was cold and didn't, didn't think I was gonna ever be in a situation where I could uh, really be thinking about marriage. I was like, that's the last thing on my mind. I just wanted friends. Uh, if anybody, you know, really recalls that time in my life, you know, I was just very direct. I met a nice young lady and uh, it seemed like we had some chemistry. First thing off the bat I'm telling her is there will be no relationship. Are you cool with that? Uh, we would be, you know, I was not in a place of, of uh, really seeking anything. So, you know, my relationships were uh, very much in my control and I was just in my lane. And I just happened to, and uh, uh, I guess the universe just works in ways that I didn't even know it was working back then. I just, I met a woman and we had, we started having conversations. Um, with no pressure, no, you know, nobody trying to impress anybody. We was just talking, having fun, and um, just getting to know each other in a way that was beautiful because we were in different locations and I didn't have access to her and she didn't have access to me. So there was no reason to front or put on airs or anything like that. And so it was a perfect opportunity for me to just get to know somebody and over time, a beautiful relationship, blossom out of friendship and uh, the rest is history and I'm gonna just plug that because I'm gonna write a book about this one day but we have we celebrated five years um, five years on December 21st which I didn't think I couldn't even fathom myself being married let alone five years uh, two additional kids total three and so um, we do something with our relationship every year we kind of just make evaluations we sit down and we talk to each other and just say okay what was our strengths, what were some of our weaknesses, and, you know, when we had conflict, what could we do to make things better? And so we take the emotion out of it and really just have like a, almost like a business meeting about our relationship, uh, conflict resolution skills and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, um, I just, I, I'm blessed. That's, that's the only way I can say it because uh, my life has been uh, nothing but fulfillment after fulfillment. Um, I was doing great, you know, as a single father, doing my own thing and, you know, had my own house and that life. But I got to a point to where um, the universe, the Almighty blessed me with something that I needed that I didn't even know I needed it that bad. So um, first and foremost, uh, that was uh, one of the major things coming up to the end of the year for me. How about you? Man. <laughs> Oh man, that was what we call a comprehensive download, brother. Um, first and foremost, let's back up a little bit, and I just want to commend you on your five years. Uh, Appreciate it's your it. lovely wife, man. Appreciate it. Because it is, it, it like uh, I've learned a lot over my lifetime, and what I've learned mo most recently is you got to learn to celebrate the small wins. Now, five years is not a small win, but what I say. Once you learn how to appreciate and celebrate the small things, 
you definitely learn how to appreciate and celebrate the big things and the big wins. And the fact that you were able to find a spouse that is supportive. And like you said, I'm pretty sure you guys have areas of opportunity and places that you could grow into, but it seems like you you meet in the middle where your strengths are align and you maximize on your strengths and you mitigate your weaknesses or as we say in the corporate world areas of opportunity which a lot of people don't know how to do that you know i think uh, i know it's been my experience in relationships um people come with a set of demands and not necessarily a set of things that they're going to do or, or i say they, they come with a list of demands and not a list of deeds <laughs> you know um in terms of the things that they expect but not necessarily the things that they're going to give or invest and i try to go into all situations with a comprehensive list of things that i'm going to invest or things that i can give and i always feel that the universe or as you said the almighty will you know return those favors in kind and i think um where there's a where i've identified a large area um, of of opportunity and places where and i'm going to be specific here where where black love can grow is we got to stop being so critical of each other amen brother amen we come into the situations and we're so critical and 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 it's and, and and criticism is good you know critical feedback is good but it has to be constructive criticism it's, you know giving somebody critique that they can do something with something that's pragmatic something that's tactical um but it has to be done tactfully but i think we come in with a lot of and you used a, a beautiful word um the word that you used was bitter and the reason why i said is beautiful because it identifies your feelings and emotions. Sometimes we're so, you know, balled up with emotion, we can't we can't associate a word with it. You know what I mean? We don't know how to express how we feel. We just feel, and that's not good. Because again, it's not constructive. If if I can tell you exactly how I feel, then we can start to construct a plan on working or reverse engineering those feelings into tactful things that we can now you know, set about a process and doing something with that instead of just beating the same old humdrum. And that's what a lot of us do. We beat the same old humdrum. Like, you know, uh, as you all know that I always quote the Bible in this sense of saying, and all thy getting, get understanding, see in our life, specifically for blacks, black people, we do a lot of getting, but we don't do a lot of getting understanding. And when you don't have a lot of understanding, you can't reverse engineer your getting. And when you can't reverse unge- reverse engineer your getting, you can't repeat the process. So you can't kind of retrace your steps, so to speak, to, you know, rework how you ended up. And then you wake up one morning and you're asking yourself, how did I get here? Um, so I just wanted to commend you on that, man. So that's, that's good stuff. Um, but as far as for me and mine, uh, I closed out 2018 on a high note. Um, I took some time off. Uh, me and my lady, we went over to Aruba for a couple of days to celebrate her birthday. 
um, and really just had a lot of time in to decompress and reflect on life um, and just kind of set about an opportunity to focus on where my 2019 is going. And I definitely wanted to start my 2019 off with a bang um, because I was going out of 2018 with a uh, I'll say it like this. I started 2018 with a lot of bitterness and I closed out 2018 with a lot of betterness. I just made that up. <laughs> That's good, brother. But uh, stole it. Good <laughs> bitterness. Got it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for 2019. I don't believe in resolutions in terms of just setting out these arduous goals. Or, or objectives, but I do believe in getting things done. So I'm going to tell you my overarching goal or my overarching goal, however you want to say that, um, is to flow, is to let things flow, is to be in flow, be in the ability to allow things to manifest. And I just did a podcast on my other show in my mind. Everybody knows Chris. And today's podcast was called Calling AAA. And the AAAs stand for accept allow and align so my 2019 is going to be about accepting the truth accepting what is allowing the truth and what is to manifest as it needs to manifest in my life and flow with it and then align myself to whatever that truth or the manifestation of that truth is see on the men's show it's a very versatile show and you will always hear me champion uh, our brother, the pod father. Please go check out Everybody Knows Chris. Um, if you don't have it in your everyday download, it's a it's a must have. He is bringing wisdom and nuggets that'll set you up for your day, for your life, for years to come. Um, as you were talking, um, I could only sit here and reflect in ways that our conversation and what we're bringing to our audience it's so rich that I think every time each one of us kind of takes the mantle and drives a point, so many other counterpoints come that that we just feed each other. And there's a few I just want to touch on when you were you were making references to me and my wife and celebrating us in five years. And you said something that without knowing how accurate you were is I can honestly say it didn't feel like five because I purposely chose to focus on our relationship day by day. Wasn't always easy, but sticking to what I can control, which is today, it just seems like it was, it was surprising to me when I realized it was five years, like, wow. And then it, I had to look back and quantify my children like, okay, when I met her, I ain't having any kids. So my middle daughter's three years old. So I was like, wow, time has really flown. But not to say that it's all been great all the time, but you touched on something else. And, and I'll take you behind the curtain a little bit about my wife. She's not from America. She was born and raised in Haiti. And so being born and raised in Haiti, she has a different premise about life. Than, than any other woman I had dealt with. She was grounded, but her perspective on things was different. You know, this was uh, a woman who I saw could be classy, dressed to the nine, heels, the whole nine, and, and you know, we were working in corporate, 
and she could walk that line and then outside of that she could come and get dirty and sweaty in the yard cut the grass dragging i mean uh bagging up leaves the whole nine and so <clears throat> i'm not saying that didn't exist um uh, with women in the states but i hadn't really experienced something like that somebody who didn't mind getting down in the dirt on one hand but then could clean up and then it and walk the walk in a in a, in a corporate state and the one thing that really opened my eyes about my wife is when we were dating she wasn't emotional like you spoke about she didn't have that element she didn't grow up in a, a predominantly black church she went to catholic school um, when she was raised in haiti she went to catholic school um, just a different perspective she didn't have the emotional element so that there were a lot of times when we did have discussions like the point you made about uh, sometimes you know you know how I use the word bitterness how I can express myself there were many times that we had conversations that we literally talked through some challenging moments because of her being able to be a little less emotional and being logical and so you don't understand how powerful that statement is when you're saying in relationships being able to deal with conflict in a sober-minded way not saying that you're not going to be upset but being able to rise above your emotional state and deal with the fact and understand number one it's not the end of the world that we don't agree it's not catastrophic the world is not ending and that love and trust is not you do what I want you to do masked into in your mind. That means he cares or she cares about me because they're doing what I want. No, being in a position where you could be sober-minded and understand a person has their own thoughts, their own beliefs, and if they uh, decide to do whatever it is for you, it's okay. And if they don't, it doesn't mean they don't care about you. It's just they have a right to change their mind. So we. We didn't have a lot of that. And in my past, it was littered with a lot of emotional, um, just emotional ways of dealing with problems. So this was like a breath of fresh air. So I really wanted to uh, really emphasize that, like you speak in ways like I know the universe is in tune with both of us because I know you know some of my story, but not to that, that detail to know that it was I'm married today because she is balanced and not as emotional and she doesn't function totally on emotion and things of that nature. Um, but I got to give it to you, man. You know, every time we, I get fed out of our own podcast, I wrote down reverse engineering. That thought process right there with reverse engineering, man, that's genius. That need to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> For real. That's, that's, I like that because you, you, you peel back the traditional way of thinking about things and really open us up to, to something that's new. And I like that. So stay on topic because I know I, I could talk. So when it comes to 2019 um, goals, I already was a little different. You know, I used to have a saying that my New Year's resolution was make new mistakes. That was it. Um, I believe that in life you're going to have uh, mistakes or growth moments. That's just part of it. That's how you learn. Um, now at the age I'm, I'm at now, I do realize that you know, success and failure mean something different than they did when I was in my twenties. So if I don't succeed at something now, I don't look at that as a failure. I looked at I look at that as a growth moment. It's something I can learn from. It's only gonna be a failure if I, I stop 
where I am. So coming into 2019, it was a very enlightening year for me too. A lot of ebbs and flows, ups and downs in ways that uh, emotionally made me grow. I was tested in what I believe, um, put in positions to really exercise what the Christian church calls faith, you know, believing in things that are that are not manifested yet, basically, in layman's terms. And I had to speak to my situation and a lot of times, and there were moments it didn't seem like anything was gonna change, that anything was going to change. But I continue to, to rely on the fact that I know my words have power and I'm a creator of my reality, and that I truly believe whatever I say comes to pass. And so by the time 2018 was wrapping up, the things that I have been speaking into existence were now flooding and coming to pass and being revealed. And, and so it really opened my eyes that going into 2019, you know, I, you know, social media, you see your timeline flooded all the time with, you know, this year is gonna be the year of X, you know, you can put in, you know, whatever you want for X. And my mindset was, instead of focusing on the whole year of 2019, I'm just gonna worry about January 1st. January 1st, I'm gonna set a goal to do X, Y, and Z. And when January 1st turns into January 2nd, I'm gonna set a goal for that day. The whole year is not promised to us. And I'm really understanding more and more day by day that, that I can only control my now. And so my New Year's resolution is not a New Year's resolution at all. All of my goals are daily goals set forth for me going forward. Big facts, man, listen. When you said what you said about, I'm not going to focus on the entire year. I'm just going to focus on January. Dude, literally, I, I it's, it is amazing how all things align with our fellowship because that was about two podcasts ago on In My Mind. Everybody knows Chris. Well, I was saying, you know, you build the house brick by brick. You, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And in order to reach the top of the staircase, you got to take one step at a time. All these things, you build a fortune dollar by dollar. Like all of these micro moments that, you know, it's a, it's a former term that I used to use in, in, in digital marketing. It's these, you, you have to, because like, okay, let's take social media, for example. Social media is truly measured in micro moments. You know, like if we look at IG, Instagram, that's a micro moment. That's a, that's a picture that literally took, of us I don't even know what of a fraction of a second to take that picture and people post these pictures up as this you know is a painting or the you know macro version of their life and it's not it's like that was a that was truly a snapshot of a pic of, of a split second millisecond of your life your your time that's not the total you know circumference of your life that's not the whole thing now you sh and you showing us the version that you want us to see you're not showing us the, the dark and ugly side you know what i'm saying and like you know i tell everybody tell the whole thing you know what i mean Listen, <laughs> like don't they don't don't force feed me tell me the whole thing <laughs> man instagram filters is the most deceiving thing i've ever seen on the planet how you know is it though yes. it's not deceiving at all actually it's very telling to me Nah, man. We're going to agree to it's disagree. It's very telling to we're me. We're going to agree to disagree here. I done seen some filters on some individuals on Instagram. You'd be like, wow. 
you know, like, you know, because it takes all blemishes. Some of them, the ones that would, you know, the little butterflies or whatever around uh, the faces, it takes, it makes all your skin tone the same and lighten you up a little but bit. You, bring you, but, but you want to know why that tell me everything, though? Oh, I see where you're going. You're reverse engineering again. Yeah. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I always gotta, say it, but Blanchard knows I always say this. Listen, if you got to ask, so I'll just use this in this particular uh, segment, uh, for example. Listen, if you got to use a filter, because <laughs> if you really got that look, if you really about that life, if you really doing what you say you doing or living how you say you living, you ain't talking about it. You too busy doing. We, we this could take on a, a whole show by itself you are preaching to the point that i'm looking for some money to put in the offering plate the, go ahead <laughs> what you say let, you him, you, let him use you now cash out paypal <laughs> send it on but all of the above it's amazing to me that you know i'm not going to sit here and and be the the one to say i've never really fully embraced that whole thing too i mean i used to be a, a facebook junkie but Again, I think we should evolve. We should grow. And, and as I got older and I started to, like the term reverse engineering is, is just, it's so profound because it was a concept that I started to realize without putting a word to it. I was like, man, some of these people, they, and I never, it got to the point, I didn't understand that some people put their every micro moment. I'm brushing my teeth. I woke up. I hit the alarm clock. I ate a bowl of, I mean, every aspect of their life, I, I, it started to, would you want to share that much information but when you look at it from the reverse engineering perspective there's a lot going on right there there's a lot going on that you feel the need to share that kind of information on a daily basis things that make you go hmm well again to your point there's a reason why people have a tendency to overshare um and I don't want to get into judging, right? Because I'm not a psycho psychologist or psych- psychotherapist or you know psychiatrist or any of that. But I, I can make you know um, a grand assumption of what's going on. But I think the major thing that most people suffer from, and I know you and I do have opposing views on social media as a whole or all media as a whole. I just look at it as a tool. I don't necessarily think it's this kind of pervasive, you know, entity, but the way people use the tool is me, to me, more so like the perversion of how people use it. But anyway, what we usually struggle from is is, is another term that I like to use called arrested development, right? People are just afraid to grow up. So you use the word called, you use the word, right? Evolve. And I love that word because it, you know, it, it, used in different forms we to evolve then we get to the point of evolution and what happens um or what doesn't happen is in these different phases of life because if you go back 30 40 years ago 50 years ago people had to grow up fairly quickly right because most of the time by the time you know these folks were 25 26 definitely going into their 30s they were married and probably had one or two kids by now and had been on the job for 10 years So by the time that the folks were our age, they'd been on the job, you know, 20 years and they probably are on their first or second grandchild. Um, You just had a child last year. Um, I'm not married and I don't have any children and I'm 42. But the thing 
that we have in common and why we can jump on a podcast and talk for hours at a time is we've grown up. We've we've developed, we've evolved. We 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 weren't stuck or struggling with arrested development. And I and I would say that we have always been, you know, somewhat mature for our age. If you go back to when we were in high school, when you go back to when we were in our 20s and in our 30s, you know, um, as the fact of the matter of you being a single father, the way you went through that process um, and the way you stayed true to that process in your 20s. And you mentioned this on the podcast when, you know, we were out partying and clubbing. You was at the house raising your daughter. Um, that was very mature of you. So I think the thing that people have, you know, struggled with in this life on this side is that arrested development. And I think what has happened with social media is allowed them to stay stuck. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it feeds their ego in the sense that, you know, as a child needs attention and validation and as an adolescent and teenager needs attention and, 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 and validation because they take that on as a form of acceptance. And when you know, you and I both know, when you get to a certain age, you got to learn to start accepting and validating yourself. You know, um, as you were talking, the word that stuck out to me was, when you made reference to my daughter and me having to stay, you used the word maturity. And it's like I had a I had an aha moment. It's like maturity from speaking from my perspective then for me as I just I had to do the right thing. That was the right thing to do. You know the back sure. you know the backstory um of, mm-hmm. of, <clears throat> of my daughter's dynamic. Um and then it I mean it, I just started like quickly reflecting. I guess that is really another way to describe maturity, making the decision to do the right thing because it's easy to you know want to take the easy route but most times if there's something that requires maturity it is something that's uncomfortable unpopular and it puts you in a position where you have to be accountable for your actions and that's what a lot of people don't have the desire to make that decision they want somebody else to do it for them. So I, I just think that was, <clears throat> again, how we, y- you inspire and, and fire off things that be, this, that word maturity just jumped out me like that. It's like, huh, doing the right thing, doing the things that you know you should do, even when it's unpopular. Because I could have, I could have made a decision to say, hey, I'm just going to send my daughter to my mom, you know, and just, you know, let grandma raise her and, I do my thing, but there was something in me because of my childhood. I had always said, if I ever had a child, I want to put my child in a position to never, ever have to wonder where their father was or feel like, you know, that my, my father is not there for me. So that was the, the genesis of me choosing to do the right thing. Oh, how I wanted to come to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I can't even sit here and lie. Oh, how I mean, the memories of you guys and 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 the crew. I call them, you know, the uh, you know the complex crew is what I call them. Where we played ball together. It's just, I I was so happy that you guys were experiencing life, and at the same time, you know, like man, I wish I could go, but my journey and my path was different. 
And, you know, I, I accepted that because when I look at the bigger picture, I had to do what I had to do and I chose to do what I chose to do. But all things, man, even like you said, we, we come, we got different paths, but see, you're like a father of men. You may not have any birth children, but you are, you, you father a lot of, a lot of men in your own way. So, you know, you're still a parent, whether you want to look at it that way, or if you want to substitute the word parent for leader, but they're really the same thing. You know, you're just trying to guide as a parent. All we're trying to do is guide our children to be raised in a way that they can function when they, you know, become of age. And when you see, you know, young men that need that wisdom or you you feel you can have an influence on them, you do the same thing. So, um, again, man, the, the, the journey of life, the, like a, a term I used earlier, the ebbs and flows are just they're just marvelous when you sit back and see how it all just works together absolutely and and you know for the longest time i always try to deny that fact uh you use the term father of men or leader of men and it's a term that i definitely embrace now because that calling has always been on my life that mantle of responsibility has always been on me and i think um what I had to mature into is again, when I said AAA, accept, allow, and align, I had to accept that fact. I had to allow that to be what it is, right? In terms of when people came under my leadership, I had to allow myself to get to know them. I had to allow them to be open and honest and transparent with me. And then I had to align myself with whatever the expectation was. And when that expectation was a universal expectation, you know, there's a universal level at God level. And then there's that maturity level at the leadership level at my level. And then there's that personal level level of where that person wanted to be because everybody has to get something out of it. Out of it. I used to tell my employees when I worked, you know, in corporate America, it has to be about more than just the check because you got to have a reason to come here and it can't just be the check because that's going to get old real quick, you know. So I always had to figure out ways that, you know, I needed to invest in these people. And the reason why I guess specifically I was put here to be a leader of men in particular, but black men is specifically because society, specifically American society and American culture has a funny way of letting black men down. <laughs> strategic uh, strategic comedy strate- if you will <laughs> listen man I'm talking about from systematic disenfranchisement systemic racism um undereducated yes. impoverished yes over incarcerated yes. like you, we we lead the league in negative statistics and that's on purpose yep you know and it starts at youth I, I think that you know if you look at it this way man and Blanchard made a, a post about this a couple of weeks ago I mean who is really the champion for little black boys who is really championing being the champion and you know taking up that mantle of, of leadership and responsibility responsibility for our sons you know, and you got to catch them early. You know, I, I saw the fact that you, 
you know, embracing your son and you play with your son and, and he's laughing, he's joking and you're doing something for him that we didn't have when we were growing up and you're securing his future because you're instilling in him a very simple concept. And that simple concept is that he matters. I need to speak on that. Um, being that I, I appreciate that, but just being transparent for our audience. I was elated and scared to death when I found out I was having a son. Because of Of course. Because of all the things you just stated. Um but and also to my experiences with girls. I've had two girls. I was about to say, yeah. you, you you were a boy, you were a young boy at the same time, and people think that, oh, all we do is eat eat shit and fart <laughs> and fuck. Like that's what they yeah. think. They do, and it's like no, nah, like I, I I really don't think America knows. I don't think a lot of people know on this planet the hell that black men go through. I just don't think they know. They don't like they can't they can't possibly know the hell that we go through on day in day out basis. Not and, and to your point about your wife, I believe she knows, and I think that's why you know when she approached your relationship, she was very patient with you, as I'm sure you grew to be patient with her. But I think that's a lot of things that, you know, I know from a, from my own standpoint, when a woman comes with this list of demands, yes. I'm already checked out because yes. I'm like, yo, I don't need another job. Yes. Hey, listen, I, I've, I've coined the term, right? The term is called the case of the can't help it. Hmm. The case of the can't help it was the only way that I was going to get into another relationship. Meaning, my current wife never, and I'm on record, and this is going all over the planet, never mentioned anything about a relationship with me. All we did was come together when we started actually physically seeing each other. We would spend time together. We would have a great time. And it would be, I'll see you when I see you. No expectation. And it got to the point that I wanted more without realizing I wanted more because she wasn't trying to make me want more. Her desire to be comfortable in her own skin, to be confident in who she is, and just walk her her race at her pace, allow all of my past pains and hurts and blockage that I had built up over in my past with some other relationships that taught me some very hard lessons, it allowed me to push through all of that because it's exactly what you just said. She wasn't trying to do anything. And to me, I tell anybody to this day, you want to have the ultimate relationship, find you a friend that you have no connection to. Like, like you, I'm not saying that you don't have any attraction to, but there's no desire to want to keep up with the everyday. There's no desire to control them. You just enjoy them. They make you laugh. Y'all have a good time together. Y'all can cuss each other out and be like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. A true friendship in my world, in Jason Tyler's world, the ingredients for a founder relationship is a true friendship first. Like you talked about, you know, going to work for just a check. But getting in a relationship for love alone, you're not going to make it. Love, you need a whole lot more than love. And... And, and even defining what love means to you, that's a whole nother topic. People can't 
differentiate between love and emotion. They can't differentiate between love and my need to have sex with you, which is, in my opinion, they're totally two different things. Love is a choice, purely from my perspective and my opinion. Um, case in point, if love was based off emotion at all, so what happens when you get angry? Does that mean you don't love that person anymore? No. You know, so when it really boils down to it, at times when your emotions are the highest, that's when your true love is displayed. When I'm pissed mad with you, but I could turn around and say, is there something you need? That's love. Uh, when a mother has to chastise their child for something, it breaks her heart because she knows she needs to give her child discipline. But let that same child within that same moment fall and bump their knee she's gonna immediately decide to take care of her wounds, which means it's a choice. So um, to, to get back to what I was saying about the can't help it, relationship matured on its own. No coercion from either one of us. No, okay, so we've been dating for three months, what are we, none of that. Because she was in a place, she had her stuff she had to deal with, she was healing from. I was in a place of dealing stuff I had to heal from. Man, that's another nugget. You need to be healed before you even really consider a relationship. Wow, I'm just looking at marinade right now. How many of us are <laughs> how many of how many of us are, are trying to trying to heal from a past relationship with another relationship and in this vicious cycle? So, you know, again, the universe is doing something for me. I didn't even realize to just now as I put in these words. She's my wife today because I allowed myself to heal by getting to know her. Wow. You know what I, I liken it to? And I was talking to uh, one of my girlfriend's friends when we were in Aruba. And I said, you got to look at it like this. I said, in domesticated life here in America, you got two types of pets. Now you can have a parrot or fish, but nine times out of 10, you either have a cat or a dog. Fact. So you got cat people yep. and you got dog people. <laughs> That's true. I said what most men are like, most men are like cats. I said most women are like dogs. Now I know that they say a dog is a man's best friend and they associate most women with cats. I said, but no, men are more like cats. Men, the moment you try to put a leash on that cat, he gonna tear up the whole house. <laughs> he gonna tear up. Listen, he gonna tear up the whole. That I don't listen. They turn into little ninjas. <laughs> you are telling the truth, man. You know what I'm saying? He gonna hit you. He gonna hit you with that kill bill. A <laughs> hundred hand slap. He's not having it. <laughs> Try to catch him if you want to. Right. And I said, if you ever open the door for a cat, like you open the door for a dog, they gone. They right. gone. They gonna run and jump, jump and do all this stuff. You open the door for a cat. Cat gonna. He got. He got to survey the joint exactly. first. Exactly. He's calculated. He got to survey the joint, and he gonna come in and he gonna look around and he gonna see a spot that he like, but he gonna check it out. He gonna check out the joint to make sure everything's copacetic first. Then he gonna circle around a little bit. Then he gonna find a little spot and he gonna chill. And it takes a while for that cat to get a custom to you and it takes you a while to get accustomed to that cat now the dog you feed the dog some kibble <laughs> and he love you that's it 
That's it. Do you feed him some kibble and rub his head and rub that stomach? Oh, that listen, that dog would tear yep. your ass up <laughs> if you come in that house wrong. Right. <laughs> he not ha- he not having the dog like yo. Hold on, hold on. You you mess with you. He feed me, man. Are you crazy? Man, that's I've never looked at pets that way. But man, you are spot on. <laughs> spot. And I had her. On. I had. I had her laughing, but what I was breaking it down for her because she has a list and I was telling her, I said, everything you just, I said, I'm, I'm not even like, I'm dating your, your, your friend. And I'm telling you right now, if you ever came to me with a third of what you're talking about, I'm out the door. I don't, I don't care if you have that to offer or not. I said, you can't come in there making no damn demands. Well, you know, you you are you are one thousand percent right. The unfortunate reality is there are a lot of women who feel uh, that's that's the approach, and sadly, I think that's why you know, among many other reasons that we have so many single women that they they don't understand that concept, and to me. I like to preface what I say, things of this nature, is my opinion. I think the women with list are still functioning from a place of fear. And the, the list is a form of way of controlling. Okay, do you have this point? I, I can handle that. Do you have that point? I can handle that. Uh, being in a position to let something grow organically is scary. I mean, it is. Uh, it is it's a, it's a, you have to be in a position to where you're willing to release control of the outcome. And you really you you you're willing to take the position of I just I, I want to see where this goes. And most I say people, but I've seen this more in women. They're not willing to gamble to that degree for happiness. They they need to know they want to have some some sign or some sense of you know okay this person checks enough of my boxes for me to allow this person in. And, as, and in my opinion, as long as, you know, you have people functioning in that manner, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're trying to you're trying to make a person fit into a box and it'll never happen. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm just going to call it like I, I listen to me, man. I hear you and I, and I respect I, I respect that. But here's why I'm saying bullshit. You ever heard the term, because I've heard a lot of women, and again, black women specifically say this, these hoes out here winning. Yes. I'm pretty sure you've heard that term, right? Yep. yep. And I'm looking at them like, and you mean to tell me these bum-ass jugs ain't out here winning? True. Facts. Yes. So, so when you say this checklist, I'm like, I know a lot of women with baby daddies. And then you read and read on the baby daddy, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking at his car facts. I'm like, what the hell? How? how? Like, like how? How? <laughs> with, with this list that you have, with this li- this criteria that you have, and that is the father of your child, like my uncle would say, your M&Ms ain't matching up. Your mouth <laughs> and your money ain't matching up. It ain't making sense to me. <laughs> so, so, so in other words, now I have to deal with the BS from me your bad decision. Now you want to put me through the ring and give me a question and sit me down and 
put electrodes on me and want me to tell you my whole life story because you made a bad decision prior to me. I'll pass. I'm I'm listen, I'm like, go take that check to Buddy because he ran up the bill. Don't don't bring that to me. Which goes back Thank to my point. We have a lot of people out there who just need to heal. Period. But but here here's here's how I got past a lot of my stuff. I don't ask or require anything that I do not have. Come on here. Exactly. You, you, if I if if I'm asking for love, I got to give love. And I told somebody because somebody heard somebody, and it was a little post sad situation. And the, the the dude said he 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 wanted some friends, and I said, God damn, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like goodness, you you got to be ones. Well, one well, sad well, son of a gun to not have no friends, man. Listen, listen, that's but something. I, and that's I something say that to, that's something you can't identify with. But there are people out there like that. Go, continue. I just want to say I, that. Okay, okay, yes, I do know that there are people out there like that, and I do say it's sad because if you want friends, be a friend. Yes, be friendly. You didn't even got to be friendly because I'm not friendly. You are friendly. <laughs> and I have a lot of friends. No, I'm you, not friendly. You, I no 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 back up. I am not friendly. I'm cordial. I don't I know. I would tell uh, you, but I am a I I am a friend though. I am a friend, meaning I am a loyal person. I'ma be upright. I'ma do what's right. I'ma do right by my folks. Um I I get what you mean by friendly, but I I, I let a lot like cause I'll tell you what I mean by I'm not friendly. I have levels to what you how we interact True. right like i have a cordial level right well we can speak and, and, and keep things in the context but you just can't walk up me walk up to me and ask me about my relationship and i, I like you you're gonna get cussed out <laughs> well I, okay. like we, we're yes. not friendly like that i think but some people can do it some people can talk about their relationship off rip and just blah 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 blah, blah and spill a whole family genes out there you know what i mean spill all the talk about the whole family tree um I, i'm 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 not like that, but I am a good friend, and that's why I have a lot of good friends. But that's why I say, I, I mean, from a perspective, like I said, we can agree to disagree to kind of agree. I make up a third term. You're, you're, <laughs> you're yeah, <laughs> I like that because it's kind of it's kind of a little bit of both. But you're guarded, which you should be. But there is no way at your core you would have as many people. That just gravitate to you if you weren't a friendly person. Now you're cautious, you watch your environment, like you said, you don't just let people in. But you're a good dude at heart. And, I, and for me, I guess when I'm saying friendly, I'm that's what I'm speaking to. And what I got out of your description was, like you said, when it comes to levels. Now we, I, I'm, I'm a thousand percent um, in agreement with you with this. You don't get in my inner circle just like that. No. That that not nah, that doesn't work like that. I'm private. Period. I walk in the shadows, show up at my house, and you ain't invited. See if you get in. <laughs> and, um, that's just that's just my nature. I'm a Scorpio, 100, and we are private. So when I want you in, I will invite you in. Do not, I repeat, do not try to invade or force your way in. It's not going to end well. So I, I I agree with you on that point. Say so show up unannounced if you want to. We're gonna be making some announcements. No, no, I'm gonna look at you. I'm gonna look at you through the people. You, you not on. You, no, I, I, that's that's just something for me. I, I, this goes back to my single days. That's what really made it challenging for me at times too, 
to date or try to get to know women because I was to that degree like really hot. If I sense you trying to be thirsty, you you was cut off. If I sense you was trying to maneuver and manipulate me in any way to get something out of me that I didn't want to give, you was cut off immediately. So I no no don't don't show up at my house. And I've had it happen too. I've had it happen. I was just in the neighborhood, not this neighborhood. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. My 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 neighborhood ain't nowhere on the beaten path of your everyday. So no, you was not in the neighborhood. Well, I must be a lucky one because I never had that. I never had the the, the walk up or the road by or, or, or the drop in. I never had. I, but I guess they knew. They was like, no, not that guy. My, and I'm like, no, no, yeah. not not me. <laughs> in, in, in my younger days, this was this was prior the relationship sure. that made me who I was. After that, oh no, oh no, no, no. If I even sensed that a, a, a woman could even potentially do that, I didn't even bother. Because I was in such a place, sure. man, I ain't, I don't have time for that. Come a long way, man. Come a long way. Well, you know, I, I and, and, you know, on this particular podcast, The Men's Show, we are solutions-based. We are solutions-oriented. And we're not here to beat up on anybody or make anybody feel bad. So I hope the listeners don't take this any kind of way. You know, this is solely based on our opinion, which is based off our experiences in life. Um, and I will never apologize for my opinion. You know, and I, I will apologize for how it made you feel, which that definitely is a nod to my maturity. Because back in the day, I just tell you, tough titty. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, we all about growth and maturation as well. So, um, yes, I mean, you know, at the end, uh, yeah, those are those are a lot of those lessons. In like you said, to put in context, we are definitely not here uh, to bash, but there's certain aspects to life that as we've grown we're just we're just sharing but i mean we've evolved and we know there's a lot of beautiful people out there so on behalf of the men show this is our public service announcement all opinions are proprietary to this show facts i love that (laughs) um but but like i said i I do want to keep it light and i do want to give the people some solutions so what would be your advice to the women that are single and they are looking to be in relationships. I am glad you asked that question. Da, 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 da. Um, my advice, honestly, is one disconnect from the society's norm of of how things should be. There you go. First and foremost, I think a lot of a, a lot of single women right now are in a situation where most of their peers are all functioning the same way. Everybody's got their list. Everybody's got their um, method of, you know, this is how it should be to meet, date, whatever. Honestly, I think you should disconnect from that and look within first. First thing I would say advice is just look within and evaluate, okay, what kind of person am I? Now, on the surface, everybody wants to say, I'm great, I'm awesome, I'm this, I'm that. But honestly, we have to reflect. And I give example about myself, right? So in, in coming along in my eras, when I was really into dating, I was controlling. I didn't see it as controlling. But as I was, 
you know, kicking it with females because I didn't, I didn't really date them exclusively. Yeah, they was just friends, and we had to understand it. But I started to hear this term: um, if it's not your way, then you know it's always a problem. And it, and I started to hear it from different people. So I got to a point. I said, hmm, this is something I need to really look at. And so being in a position where you could look within and not just look at the things that you do well, but where can I improve? That would be point number one. Point number two is evaluate, do you have any baggage from past relationships? If you got baggage from past relationships, you need to just be with yourself. You don't need to deal with anyone in a relationship type of capacity because you're still gonna bring in residual stuff from that bad relationship. You know, that man could be eating some cookies that the old dude, you know, used to eat, and next thing you know, you got attitude, you know, because you're still, you're still hurting. There's <clears throat> healing properties and taking time just to get to know you. And one of the hardest things for me, um, and, I, and I like to put me in this because uh, I think it's very important when you're trying to give somebody points or, you know, some, some guidance, speak from experience. One of the hardest things I had to do is learn to be by myself. Um, that wasn't easy at first. Um, I was so used to, you know, calling up somebody or, you know, just wanting to be around, but I had to learn to be okay with me. I had to learn to fall in love with myself. I had to learn that, that, you know, good, bad, and indifferent, however I was made, however the creator made me, um, that, that I was enough for me. And when you get to a point that you have self-awareness and you are okay and you can function, uh, being alone, now I want to put this in context, I'm not saying be alone forever, because in my personal opinion, we're designed for companionship, but uh, what I'm saying is, there needs to be some time for you to be able to function on your own. You need to be able to get to know you, learn things that you like to do. Um, I had a situation with a young lady one time that all she wanted to do was what I wanted to do. And then I would turn around and say, well, no, what do you want to do? And she'd be like, whatever you want to do. No, men love women who. <laughs> you, you know where my mind went. Whatever you would like. <laughs> but you like whatever you like. Uh, but but what I mean, if you want to eat, what whatever you, you want to like. Yes, you know, and I mean, I I live that, and it's it's men. Most men that I know, they like a woman who knows who they are, and and they have some some direction about, you know, they, they know what, what they want to eat or they know what they like to have fun. You know, spend enough time with yourself to get to know your likes and dislikes. Uh, that would be point number two. Point number three, which is, which is probably the most important, is when you meet someone, even if there's an attraction, slow the train down to the point that you can manage your emotions and keep your emotions in check enough to just get to know the person. Um, chemistry is something that's kind of unpredictable. You see, you, you either see somebody and you and you have that chemistry, and or you don't. But when you do have that chemistry, if you can manage navigating the early parts of that that situation as friends, which means you don't automatically just start, okay, well, I'm going to just make, you know, keep my calendar clear because just, just in case, you know, Johnny Bobo may call me tonight. You know, you keep living your life. You keep, you, 
the, the things that you develop while you were spending time with yourself, you continue to do those and allow whatever this new friend is to kind of incorporate into your way of life versus stopping everything cold turkey and you making it all about him. And point number four is one that as a man, at this point, as a seasoned married man, I can say this to my younger self, I'd be like, man, what the hell? Don't have sex. Sex is like a drug. We have too many ladies out here that are involved and you're having sex with no, there's no commitment, there's no rules, there's no parameters. The term friend has become so elusive that it means so many different things. And no, I'm not, I'm not coming from a religious place or nothing like that. What I'm saying is, this is my belief. Once a woman engage in having sex with a man and the encounter results in a satisfactory uh, conclusion for you, emotionally, that's challenging to deal with. For a woman to have great sex with a man and on the flip side, have great friendship, conversation, and all that kind of stuff, but no commitment, that is the breeding ground for that woman to get her heart broken. And, and once sex is involved, it is challenging to make sober-minded decisions. Because if the man come in and make you scream like Eddie Murphy did, Ooh, make them noises, you know. <laughs> I mean, when he going in, he, when he when he take you down and let you have that spiritual experience, if, if he has that kind of capabilities and the kind of the uh, suave, you know, uh, uh, abilities to take you to that point, emotionally, for most women that I know, that is a, a dangerous combination because you got the physical element. And you got this, you know, we're friends, we kick it, but there's no commitment. That's just dangerous. So as long as you can handle it, because I'm not going to sit there, you know, as a single person, you know, you got needs and it's, you know, you want to make that choice. But if you can keep sex out of the equation long enough for you to see a person for who they really are, because when you meet that person, you got to go through these phases. You're not getting the real person. You know, you need time to allow yourself to see who they really are. Unfortunately, most times sex has already happened. You're invested. You're emotionally invested. And now this person peels back this joker face, who he really was. And now you're stuck. So just just taking your time to to hold back sex enough to be able to make sober-minded decisions are three good starting points that I would tell um, single women uh, about dating. Again, my man with the comprehensive list. And you know what came top of mind when you were going through that last point? Um, and actually, it goes back to something that you were talking about regarding your relationship with your wife. I think a lot of women miss the opportunity to truly take an advantage of a very easy thing to build with a guy. Friendship. Because if you look at the different things that men and, and women offer and the different things that men and women leave. Now, I've often told women Definitely when they came to me and, you know, with the woo, 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 it's like, look, <laughs> sex ain't leverage, nor is it a weapon. <laughs> it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't leverage. It's not. To some. Because to your... To some. It, it, no, sex, sex is not... Well, for... Yes. Okay, let yeah, me back up. Yeah. Sex, sex right. to me was never leverage. There you go. Because I was me. good with it or good without it. It's, it's, it, was, it, it didn't mean anything to me. 
but you offered something that I just really had to sit down and think about. I was like, you know, but if I was able to really kick it with a woman, like, like kick it, kick it, like how I like to kick it. Like I've had women in my life that put me on the things that taught me stuff. I've had women to be into the sneaker culture as I was in the sneaker culture. And I had women that was into comic books as I was in the comic books. And that spoke to me on a level that a lot of women just like, you wasn't really, I wasn't really into that. You know what I'm saying? Like you was cool, you was hot, you was attractive. If we had sex, that was, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But if you could talk to me about Voltron, if you could talk to me <laughs> about, about you know, which Jordan is the best Jordan and, and when you fell in love with Jordans or Air Max or Bo Jackson's or right. where you could tell me where I could go and get the low for this, you know, put me up on game. Let me, let me. It was like, wow, you 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 offered me something that no other woman has offered me because every woman can offer me sex. Everyone can offer me some game. Everyone can every woman can offer me some information and every woman definitely can offer me friendship. Um, as you already know, I, you know, I'm very intellect, intellect. Uh, I can't even say the word that I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm a very intelligent and intellectual person and I like to have intellectual conversations. So if you're able to have a conversation and then you're able to teach me something, I'm like, I'm already, I'm already taking an eight count. <laughs> Let me put some. And then you come in and uppercut me <laughs> with the woo woo woo. I'm out. Listen, <clears throat> you you got me going. I'm just I'm tripping over here in a, in a good way because you just described the other parts of my relationship with my wife that I didn't talk about. One of the first things that really, really caught my attention when we talked is that she spoke in a way that I could receive something from her. And majority of my life, I've always been the person to be talking and always pouring, kind of always been that guy to give advice. But she was, when she spoke, I listened to, yep. to another point. She made me better. Example. I'm a guy. Now, I've always given you credit. You were very clean. You kept your car clean. You were sharp. You know, you was always <laughs> starch, dressed. You know, me, not so much all the time. You know, <clears throat> I let stuff get junky to a point that I can't stand it and I clean it up. When I met my wife, just the way she carried herself, as soon as I came back home, I started doing things differently because of influence and she never said a word she never said do this she never said do that and I'm talking about one that when we met she cooked like like real food like no I'm, I'm like we had shrimp scallops pasta white sauce rolls uh, cupcakes handmade from scratch on the first time we sat down and had a real date that's what it was brain sucked out my head right then haven't haven't experienced nothing like that number one number two not only did she just cook but when she cooked she was cleaning up the kitchen in a manner like as she was cooking she was cleaning so by the time the food was done the kitchen was spotless everything was in place clean and we just sat down and ate and she never like i said she never said do anything but just her presence alone now she carried herself it made me want to do better and it just it 
you you brought that point out to me when you when you were like you know somebody who be kicking and talk to me about you know shoes and stuff that i want to do that's how we started and my desire for any any male or female that's listening to this podcast that's single or desiring to get in a relationship this is my ultimate wish for you that you can meet someone that you can just be yourself with now what i'm about to share with you now is something that blew me away at first when i when i when i reflected on it when i first met my wife we were friends to the point that she would talk to me about the men she was dating and i would talk to her about the women i was dating it was that type of friendship and i would and it wasn't any tension because when we first met neither one of us ever would have thought in a million years that we would end up married for five years we that was never the intention we were just two people that we were attractive to each other but we were mostly attracted to each other's minds i was a radical she was a you know a conservative type person but we could we could have intellectual conversations intellectual debates and that was the base of our now basically but when it started totally platonic and, and I want to be on record. I practice what I preach. When I first met my wife, it was years before we ever had sex. Years with a plural. So I practice what I preach. I've always known you to be a man that you practice what you preach. I don't, again, I think the, the one basis that I, I know about my friends or people that I have as friends you guys are, you just stand up guys. And I think a lot of things that, you know, are taken for granted. Um, and Chris Rock made this joke years ago about, you know, a dude saying, you know, I take care of my kids. It's like, that's nothing to brag about. Like, that's your job. <laughs> and like, you, you should Facts. be taking care of your kids. Like, there's Facts. nothing to brag about. But at the same time, we did talk about celebrating the small wins. And one thing I can say that is very consistent about my guys is you guys are in your kids' lives. You are in you are active members in your family situations, whether, you know, the, the mother and dad are together or not or married or not. You're very active in the livelihood and the upbringing of your children. And so with what you're saying about your relationship as you, with, with your wife as you guys matured and, and, and grew up together, kind of, sort of, um, because I'm pretty sure you offered her something that she needed because she probably needed to be pushed in radical ways and ways that made her somewhat uncomfortable because that was an area of, of growth for her and that was an area of opportunity for her. And then she probably, you know, dabbled some of that little conservatives, conservativeism <laughs> on you. And yeah, I don't know why I'm True. fumbling all over my words tonight. And and it, and, it, and it calmed you down because you can't be one polar polar extreme. True. Like you can't be one too hot, too cold. So you got to meet in the middle. And and I think that's, the, as they say, opposites attract. Now, I don't know if that is true or not, but I do know that you can't have someone that is completely like you. You got to have True. some common stuff, but you got to have a lot of differences because that's how iron sharpens iron. <laughs> I will take the cliche that says opposites attract and modify it and put it this way. You attract what you need strength in. 
and that's that's what we are so in the areas that i'm strong in those are areas that for her i can help build her strength and vice versa so the compliment of we're both strengthening each other's weaknesses i think is a better way to say that than opposites attract because you know you you're a thousand percent right that's that's not a good relationship with somebody you have nothing in common with i mean y'all are contrast you know across the board so you need to have some some things in common you know like you said i'm a musician she loves music me as a musician and she's a as a sneakerhead them two there's no commonality right there you know so there has to be a little bit a little balance of of everything and you're 100 right she made me better in the areas that i that i were weak in and 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 she tells me all the time to this day she's like <clears throat> you help balance me out and and that's what it's really all about men's show <laughs> yeah no that's good stuff man I mean I definitely in my current relationship I know the thing that we had to get to an understanding because we're both headstrong and in the beginning it was a very tit for tat type of situation um, and some days I'll be honest with you I am surprised <laughs> that we're still together <laughs> um, but the, honestly that's a, that's absolutely what made me know that I loved her mm-hmm. because I was like in the moments and you alluded to this earlier in the moments that I couldn't stand her yep yep I wanted to be next to her like I, I and, and I'm talking about like I couldn't I just was like ah. <laughs> And it would complain, but, you know, I couldn't imagine her not being around. Yep. I couldn't imagine her. And I'll tell you the one thing that she did for me, out of all the women that I've been with in my life, the one thing that she did for me that I can honestly say no other woman ever done for me, she stayed by my side. When you needed her she most. She stayed by my side. Yep. Before I needed her most. Before I needed her most. Yeah, definitely she stayed by my side when I needed her most. But what I'm saying, when I wasn't at my best, and I'm talking about, like, in the relationship. Yep. yep. Like, most of those times, and I'm not one of those guys to be like, oh, you know, happy, you know, happy life, happy wife. Nah, right. bullshit. You know what I mean? Nah, they need to be I happy believe, couple. <laughs> you know, what they say, uh... Happy spouse, happy house. That's right. That's <laughs> true. A pendulum need to go both ways, that's, right? That's but true. I will say that she she just held me down in a way that and, and she said something to me one day. She was like, We're gonna have arguments. Like she wasn't gonna let me off the hook. Cause I knew that used to be my little out. You know what I'm saying? I'll right. call some shit just to get out of it. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, the hell going on? Right. <laughs> She wouldn't let you, you run. Know, she, yep. she wouldn't let me run, bro. She wouldn't let me off the hook. Where it, other women in my past, I'm talking about, they let me come in and raw, and they right. be like, "Oh, I'm out of here. I'm not right. dealing with this." So I say raw, raw. <laughs> <laughs> like you hear me the first time, raw. <laughs> I raw, she raw right back, and it was like you know, huh. she got spunk. It was. Just, she does she does and she just very very much so and it got to the point where it was like all right man like 
you know, who in the hell left the gate open? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, we just calmed down, and, and I said, all right, it's time to put the swords and the shields down. Like, let's see, we, we it, it's time to talk and agree. You know, so, um, and, and lay, this, lay this thing out on the table. Go ahead. I need I need to go back, because you, you triggered another point that I meant to get to, and I got sidetracked. When you were talking about um, being in a position, like, and not being emotional and being able to talk through or or the concept of um, our, our women, our females being in position to be friends. And the thought came to me, who is teaching our girls this? Where, where would they learn the concept of actually just being friends with a, with a man to get to know him? It just made me ponder the thought. Now, my daughter, I've done it because that's my mindset, but majority of women I know is like, it's just... It, you, you know what I was about to say? You actually took you took the answer right out of my mouth. Right out of my mouth. The, the concept has to be taught to the daughter mm. by her father. Okay. Because she is learning, just like how little boys should learn how mm-hmm. to be respectful of women through their mother like they learn that from their dad as well but you're learning how to interact and treat a woman by a woman through a woman and you definitely have to learn for a little girl she has to learn how to respect a man by dealing with the man and because he sets that precedent and I know this is not too historical, but I know that most of the women that I've had great relationships with, they had great relationships with their father. Okay. And the ones that I did not have great relationships with, they didn't have great relationships with their father if they had a relationship with their father at all. Now, I I don't want to say daddy issues as being pertained to women specifically because there are a lot of men that got some daddy issues yes. too. Yes, indeed. Um. <laughs> but, you know, I'm saying as it pertain- pertains to how she's going to carry herself in a productive way, because I think a lot of people, when they, to your point about love and, and, and how it has to be a choice, I think a lot of people just show up and like, yo, you're supposed to love me. And I'm like, that's that's not how that works on, on any level in life. You're just going to show up and get what you think you're going to get. Like life is quid pro quo. You got to get put something in to take something out. I'll take you know, it. that's why I said if go ahead. No, I was saying I'll take it a step further. I think we have to take a step back and and have with this mentality that I'm automatically the it and you should love me. You know, I've seen a lot of individuals just have <clears throat> some just foul spirits about themselves, but at the same time you know brag you know i know i'm this and i know i'm that but you wonder why you're single so something's not adding up self-reflection i think in putting yourself in a position of being just just humble yourself it's it's positive to to have self-love that's not what i'm saying but you have some people who no matter how they treat an individual good or bad and more often bad than good they just feel like some I'm worthy of somebody to just love me because of who I am. And it's, it doesn't work that way. You need to give somebody something to love and not based off of your own opinion. Um, I'm a firm believer. You need to let other people tell you 
some of the attributes about yourself because you know we can be skewed of what we think of ourselves you know we can look in the mirror. we're always skewed <laughs> of, of, of what we think of ourselves yeah like that's absolutely i mean that it doesn't say iron sharpens <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> it says iron sharpens iron meaning you know and more importantly it says iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another so it's telling you that you know you need someone else to hold you accountable and yes. responsible you know and i and i think that's where a lot of us where we do fall short and i'm, I'm saying that specifically being a man a lot of men fall short because men don't hold them accountable you know that's why i'm glad i don't live in the echo chamber like uh, as as much you know the accolades and and support that you guys give me i know if i got out here jugging y'all gonna have something to say about that yeah i know y'all would y'all yeah. gonna be like nah, you nah bro uh-uh <laughs> you- i'm gonna get called to the carpet no, and you've you've put yourself in a position that if you wanted to do, you just couldn't. You're you're you you have set a standard for yourself. And, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and not to mention you're number one jug hater in the world, so you you couldn't listen to me. I hate all things. <laughs> I hate all things jug, bro. Listen to me, man. Don't don't come around here with that. Male, female, girl, boy, cat, dog. You come around here jugging, you gonna get jugged. I can't stand it. Man. I know it. I, I, just, just listen to how your whole demeanor just changed. Just, <laughs> just think about it, man. Got me in tears over here laughing. Um, well, because Blanchett, Blanchett made this. He made this false statement that I, I, I never said this particular statement, but basically I did say it like this and I was talking about God and this is how I relate to God because I, I this was the confusing part about dealing with religion versus dealing with God in the spiritual sense God never told you not to make mistakes he just told you not to sin and I said and I quote what Blanchard would say that I said a paraphrase I never told you not to make mistakes I just said don't jug and, and those are two different things <laughs> Oh, man, the, 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 I, I can see it now. In the future, Baba is going to be the, 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 the book of Jude and what not to do. Listen, thou shall not Jude in the, in the book of Chris. Like uh, the, 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 soul, the soul that Jude shall die. <laughs> First part, Father, second verse, you know, uh, thou shall not, <laughs> thou shall not Jude. <laughs> and in the book of Blanchard, you know, I mean, it's it's one of the things that I I mean it's good to laugh at and it's good to have a perspective to where we can see the other side of it. The the harsh reality is there's there's some people that don't like you say there's the jug that don't even know that they're a jug because they've always been a jug. Oh, then they know they're jug. Again, I don't agree. We're going to have to agree to disagree, but somehow agree. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> this is what I'll say about that. You know how I know they know they jugging? How? What would they do if you did it to them? Have a problem. Okay then. Yep. Yep. That's the simple that's the simple equation in all things. Like if if you know, and I always ask people that, I say now, nah, if it was me, and I say that because if I did that to you, you'd fall apart. You'd break apart like peanut butter. Yep. So you already know. You wronging in two left shoes. <laughs> that's that's a good way to look at it, and and that's the bitter, that's the bitter pill that's hard for them to swallow. In situations where somebody treats them the way they treat people, oh man, it's catastrophic in their eyes. But yeah, they do it every yeah. day. Yeah, they doing it's it all the time. It's the weeping, it's the weeping and gnashing the teeth, and you know, 
like you know it's the golden rule of the universal law you know what i'm saying treat others how you want to be treated and to me that's like that that's the simplest law because i want to be treated with respect therefore i have to treat people with respect and it's not out of reverence and and again i mentioned this earlier you know people live like there's this scarcity of being nice there's a scarcity of resources in life that oh if i'm nice to this person i can't be nice to that person and if i'm nice to them who won't be nice to me so i gotta be nice to myself first and it's like no that's not how that works what like you I'm, i can be i can be nice to you and set a standard for myself and if you're not nice to me then there's nothing else for us to talk about i don't have to prove to you how you have to be nice to me that's powerful and in my mind what that that causes me to think about is the reason why the person is nice to you in the first place in my opinion we need to be in a position where we're being nice just because and not looking for something in return when you're looking for that for something in return of your effort of being nice that's when you get into that well i don't know if i want to well i'm only going to give you so much niceness because i have this predetermined um point that at this juncture there should be some kind of niceness coming back in return that i'm not getting in and in my experience one of my biggest pet peeves was a person making me feel like I had to do something for them. No, I'm going to do something for you because that's what I want to do, not because you want me to. There's a big difference. I'll give all day long as long as I feel like I'm doing it from my heart, but the second, the microsecond you make me feel like it's an obligation, I'm done. Yeah, I'm a lot like that as well. But listen, man, we're at an hour and 42 minutes. So clearly we pushed a little bit past our normal time, but um, it was good catching up with you, my pod brother, man. How do you want to close out this particular episode? Because I think we we didn't touch on a lot of things that we said we would talk to at, at, at the pre-show uh, recap, but um, I, I liked the conversation because it was how we normally talk. It was an authentic flow. Um, and it seems like the overarching theme of this particular podcast was relationships. So I don't know what, you know, I'll label the title, but um, it'll be relationships based. Um, but I, I, I was so happy that I was able to catch up with you, man, on this episode. Me and you both. And, uh, you know, I will, again, put it out there to the listeners that <clears throat> my dynamic causes me to at times have a challenging schedule, which I... I'm not gonna make an excuse for just just gonna put it out there but this platform is something that no matter what it takes to get here once we get here it's so fulfilling and, and um, such a joy to just be able to share information uh, with you listeners and I guess I would just leave you know the theme did kind of go from my wife and relationship I, I would leave you with this thought number one is believe that you deserve to be treated um, in a special way love yourself enough to stop hurting yourself <clears throat> when you put yourself in position nine times out of ten you're if you're making someone else happy other than yourself you're doing yourself a disservice and society has put us in position to think well that's selfish and and you're not supposed to think about yourself, but this is Jayla Ty Jason Tyler, the person, um, co-host of The Men Show that's giving you 100% authority to put you first. 
you cannot love anyone if you don't love yourself. And and loving yourself means loving yourself enough to stop letting other people hurt you and stop putting yourself in situations that are unhealthy. So the first the first thing that you should do is is love yourself enough to just even if it causes you to lose some people that's close to you, if they're not helping you, if they're hurting you, if if you are more wounded and emotionally damaged trying to hold on to a situation that's unhealthy, love yourself enough to let it go. Take some time to get to know you and just speak to the universe and the universe will bring you everything that you need. Man. I don't, I don't know what to say when you do that. <laughs> nah, that's that's powerful stuff there, bro. Um, and it kind of sounded like you you blacked out a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Blacked out on, on the, no, no worries, no worries. Um, I could, I, I, I'm not gonna, you know, follow that up. <laughs> I think that was beautifully put. Um, but yeah, I've, I've always said, you know, that if you can't be the best you for you, you can't be the best you for anybody else. And, you know, I, 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 I enjoy the fact that we're able to have our real time conversations and catch up and sharpen each other and, and pour into each other. Because I think, again, uh, I don't live in an echo chamber. And I love the fact that I have such great men in my life to hold me accountable and responsible to the man that they know that I could be. You guys set a standard for me. And that's going from Jason Tyler, the person to He Is Blanchard, to Jerome Bingham, to Dante Johnson, Robert Williams, and Alfonso Davis, uh, Jermaine Jobert, um, or Jubert, as they say, uh, my homeboy Doucette. Uh, the list goes on and on, man. I'm surrounded by kings, man. All I see is kings, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to know that... Um, and, 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 these, and the relationships that we've built over these years is what lets us know that we're here to motivate, empower, and nurture. If people don't understand what the Men's Show stands for, that's an acronym for motivating, empowering, and nurturing. And we've invited you all to join us, and I'm so glad you did. Thank you so much. See you next time. And, and again, make sure you go subscribe to all of our social media pages. Uh, the Men's Show, we're on uh, Facebook, we're on Instagram. Make sure you go by the Podfathers, a social media presence. Uh, everybody knows Chris. And again, love yourself. Be healthy, love, and peace. I love that. Hold on before you jump off because you just did something. Why don't you plug your band, man? Because you never talk about your band. Well, since you've invited me to do so. <laughs> um, Absolutely. That's what we're here to do. Well, as part of the the uh, encouraging part of the men's show, um, I am uh, the band manager and musical director for the Deja Groove Band. Um you can go to our website, www.easandogbejagrubband.com. Uh, we are a corporate band that can entertain um, in any environment. Uh, we play good, wholesome music, instrumentation. Um, my foundation of music comes back all the way to the great bands like Earth, Wind & Fire, Main Condition, and we just believe in uh, creating an environment that gives you a musical experience. So if you have any kind of event, corporate event, wedding reception, um, anything that you require live entertainment, we are based out of the DMV area, but we travel the world. We are international. 
Um, so just look us up. We look for your presence. And I thank you for the opportunity to uh, give the plug on the men's show. Absolutely, man. Till the next one. Till the next one. <laughs> All right, bro.